But the decision to have a child or not to have a child, well, that's personal. That's the real meaning of pro-choice. And that's why this is brought to you by the American Civil Liberties Union. For more information, write or call your local American Civil Liberties Union. We're in the phone Let me ask you a question. Who should have the right to decide whether a woman can have an abortion? The woman who's pregnant or the government? Well, a recent national survey of adult Americans conducted by the American Civil Liberties Union reveals that 78% believe it's a woman's right to decide on abortion, not the government's. Think about that for a minute. 78% believe that control over a woman's body belongs to the woman, not to the politicians. 78% believe the woman, not the government, should decide whether she should have a child. 78% want abortion to remain legal nationwide. 78%. If you're part of that 78%, and you'd like to find out how to protect a woman's right to abortion, call your local American Civil
mind applications of this platitude. The focus is on truth and falsity. We shall not be concerned with the purpose of making a statement to inform, to mislead, to amuse, or even with how or whether the speaker knows that what he is saying is true. It is the job of pure logic to point out that if it is to make statements. As when I utter the sentence, Father knew Lloyd George, in order to tell my wife, falsely in fact, that M.M. Jeffrey knew the Prime Minister. But not every occasion on which a declarative sentence is spoken or written or tapped out in verse code, is an occasion on which a corresponding statement is being made. The sentence might have been uttered as part of a song, or written to practice calligraphy, or tapped out to see whether the circuit is working. Nor are sentences the only vehicles for making statements. In suitable circumstances, a shrug or a nod or a silence will do the job. It also happens that the same declarative sentence can be used to make one statement or another, depending on who utters it, when and where it is uttered, and to whom it is addressed. The sentence of all the men of his time whom I have known. He was the wisest and justest and best. Is a case in point. Uttering it at the end of an account of the death of Socrates, Phaedo makes the same statement that anyone make would make by saying, of all the men of Socrates' time whom Phaedo knew, Socrates was the wisest and justest and best. But when the first sentence is uttered in another context, perhaps by Brutus at Caesar's grave, a different statement is made. The first sentence is strongly context-dependent, for the statement made by uttering it depends very much on the context in which it is uttered. 
Other forms of context dependence are exhibited by the sentence that is terribly hot, when, where, and you are skating on thin ice, which is interpreted literally or not, depending on the context. In contrast, the second sentence is context-free, or nearly so. You are skating on thin ice. Under a very Buster. circumstances, the same statement is made by uttering it, no matter who utters it, or where, or when, or how. The ways in which the second sentence fails to be completely context-free are ways in which every sentence fails. There are circumstances in which one makes no statement at all by uttering the second sentence, as when it is uttered in an empty room or to practice elocution. And there are ways of uttering the second sentence so as to make a statement, but a different statement from the one normally associated with the first Thus, someone might utter the second sentence, putting stress on the word fail, in such a way as to be saying, in effect, although Socrates was not the wisest and justest and best man of his time, he was the wisest and justest and best man of his time whom Thales knew. And similar effects can be produced by using the voice and face to utter a sentence ironically. Thus denying the statement normally is associated with the sentence. But if we ignore context dependencies that are the common lot of all sentences, we may apply the term context-free to such sentences as the second and Brutus is an honorable man, and two plus two equals four. In logic, it is harmless and useful to discuss context-free sentences in abstraction from their speakers. We shall speak of such we shall speak of such sentences themselves as statements. Thus we shall speak of the statements made by the sentence. Brutus is an honorable man, meaning thereby the statement that would be made by anyone who uttered that sentence in a normally asserted tone of voice or conditions in the right state of nature, we shall attribute truth values to context-free sentences as well as to the statements associated with them, and we shall interpret the platitude at the beginning of this chapter as referring to sentences as well as to the statements they make. Difficulties about context dependence are at a minimum in scientific and mathematical discourse. If we were concerned only with sentences like whales or mammals and their infinitely many prime numbers, we would plausibly have omitted all mention of statements and taken sentences to be the bearers of truth values from the very beginning. But if we are to apply logic to everyday talk, we must first, at least in thought, replace context dependent sentences like the first sentence of Phaedo by corresponding context free sentences like the second. In practice, we shall not often do trouble to paraphrase sentences like the first by sentences like the second. Instead, we shall use capital letters to represent the statements made by particular speakers on particular occasions so that such letters will function as context-free sentences in logical notation. As an example, consider the statements made by Herbert Gur, Eleanor Roosevelt, and an unnamed bystander by uttering the sentences, I voted for Eisenhower in 1952. I did not. He did, but she did not. We might then use the letter N, as if it were a context-free sentence. Anyone, anytime, uttering a under conditions that are right for statement making. 
is imagined to be making the same statement that Hoover made on the occasion in question. Were you yourself, but John, in the prison with Socrates on the day when he drank sentence. poison? I voted for Eisenhower in 1952. Were you yourself, Karen, in the prison with Socrates on the day when he drank poison? Similarly, the sentence no. be might Were you be yourself, Karen, in the prison with Socrates on the day when he drank poison? I deny it! And the bystander statement can then be represented in logical notation by the sentence. A plus B, corresponding to the context, freeing the sentence, Hoover voted for Eisenhower in 1952, and Mrs. Roosevelt did not vote for Eisenhower in 1952. If there is sometimes doubt about the exact sentence we're speaking for, Phrases like wisest and justice and best man of his time may be used with tact. If a genuine statement is to be made, having the definite. Truth value. Such was the end, Echocrates, of our friend, whom I may truly call the wisest and justest and best of all the men whom I have ever known. Socrates is dead. Socrates is dead. Crito, I owe a Socrates will you remember to pay the debt? Socrates is dead. Socrates is dead. Socrates is dead.
toes. Flat out of your toes. Flat out of your toes. There they are. There they are. Where is your nose? Where is your nose? Where is your nose? Oh, he wants to play. Where is your nose? Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Where is your nose? Where is your nose? establishes the claim that if the church's thesis is true for 
All claims must be established that lest any of them be proven to be false. There must be a sentence in the notation of A, say 10.20 minus y minus x minus z, containing of variables. As soon as we can see that some sentences may be true, every sentence will want to be true. This must not be permitted. 